step inside the forum and you enter one of the most expensive pieces of real estate in all the sports. And here in Los Angeles this evening, all roads lead to the forum. It is the hottest ticket in sports. everybody thank you guys for tuning in logging on checking out the war report radio series you're tuned into the war report man it's your boy gracious host jared adams and this is the nba league pass podcast only on the war report radio series uh we're going to do another nba playoff podcast for you guys today um we're not going to waste too much time uh follow me on my social media handles if you haven't already on Twitter, War Report Radio, straight through. On Instagram, War underscore Report underscore Radio. Um, like I said, I'm your gracious host. This is another NBA League Pass podcast, only on the War Report Radio series. And uh, if you haven't checked out the web, check out the website WarReport.com. It's uh, it's up and running. Um, I haven't uh, put the new new stuff on there just yet, but uh, just wait on it. Uh, got a lot of free time on my hands, and that brings me to. Uh, the playoff update so since the last time i logged on and talked about some nba stuff uh the, it was the beginning of the western conference finals and the beginning of the eastern conference finals now as you may know i am the portland trailblazers logger for nba tv nba on tnt and nba.com which means i get paid to watch all of portland's home games um and choose which plays make the highlights for every portland game this year and an, an assortment of other different games that i, th- I was throwing on kind of in that overtime role where, you know, the supervisor says, yo, Jerry, you want to do Detroit? You want to do Chicago tonight? You want to do... And I pretty much took all that I could get this year, my first year under my belt. And now that I log on to you guys during this NBA podcast, my first season at NBA TV is over with. It's done. Finito. First season in the books, first season of experience on the resume. It is in there, so clap it up, clap it up. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to add a uh, little uh, soundbite clap. Um, You know what I mean? Ever since I switched computers, I lost some of my soundbites. But nonetheless, uh, my season is done with because since the last time I logged on, the Golden State Warriors totally dismantled and swept. The Portland Trailblazers 4-0 to advance to their fifth straight NBA Finals. So, I mean, big shout out to the Warriors. They deserve it. I mean, what a franchise. What a run that they're on. Um, they're without KD right now. People thought that they wouldn't be able to do it without KD uh, in the last series against the Rockets. People thought that the Rockets could win Game 6 and Game 7 to advance to the Conference Finals. They did not. The Warriors... Uh, Took out the Rockets in that fourth quarter without KD in Game 5. And then went into Houston Game 6 and pretty much dismantled the Rockets. 
and they've been undefeated ever since. Like I said, they swept my Portland Trailblazers. It was kind of hard to watch, but also kind of fulfilling in the end. You know what I mean? We lost game four in overtime. So the guys, I mean, the Blazers play with a lot of heart. We're missing that third guy or possibly even that number one option like a KD. I'll throw that out there. Get that energy flowing. KD to the Blazers. I like that. Um, we're missing that one guy that maybe Damon CJ can really rely upon. And uh, we're seeing the emergence back of Steph Curry. Like I said last podcast. And I love being I love being able to prove myself right right there. Because I know what I'm talking about as far as the NBA thing. Uh, so last podcast I stated that, you know, Curry after LeBron is the second best player in the game. I think what we're witnessing right now, anybody that's watching the uh, Western Conference Finals or or watch the Western Conference Finals, rather, for that matter, sees what I'm talking about. Steph Curry, just such a dangerous player, such a dangerous weapon when he has a full green light and he has a team to run by himself without a KD. I mean, he put the burner jets on. He's got a, a different gear that... I mean, you can only really compare it to the greats in NBA history. I mean, who can you can really compare Steph's gear to? Kobe? Jordan? You know what I mean? It, it definitely triumphs those, anybody right now in the NBA. I know people want to talk about Giannis is the best player. Kawhi is the best player. KD is the best player. Everybody, it seems like everybody who wants to name the best player is not Steph Curry. And it's shameful. It's absolutely dis- a disgrace that the national media... After what I said before the Western Conference Finals and before all of this popped off, now there's now Charles Barkley gets up there, Nick Wright gets up there and says, "Oh yeah, Steph Curry, he's in the discussion to, for being the the top player again." What? What does that even mean? How is Steph Curry back in the discussion for top player again? Where did he he didn't stop playing? He didn't stop winning rings. If I'm correct, this is still his team. This is still his dynasty. This is still his fifth straight NBA Finals. So five, he, he goes to the Finals five straight years. And national media pun, pundits have the nerve to act like he hasn't been the same guy that we've been seeing. I've been seeing it. I, I know that Steph Curry is the second best in the game after LeBron. And he's the quote-unquote face. Of, he was the face of the NBA before KD got there. I mean, what KD has done, he's gone there. And, and I, we'll get to KD later, later on in the podcast. But what KD has done is he's kind of stolen the shine and made us forget who Steph Curry really is. And I didn't forget. That's the difference. I didn't forget. I was telling everybody, I was posting on social media, I was arguing with my friends, arguing with group chats here and there, telling everyone, look, Steph Curry is by, like, not by far the second best player in the game, but he's the the second best player in the game after LeBron James, and I'm not sure what KD really did to really earn that title, he didn't earn anything, he didn't earn anything to get the number one spot, you know what I mean, but it sounded good. It just it just sounded good as far as the narrative. So they just kind of they kind of just gave him the number one spot, but he was really never the number one spot. And it's almost poetic justice at this point 
to see KD go down and see the Warriors pretty much win a title without him, which is pretty much going to happen. I, let me state, I'll be the first to state that. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. The Warriors will win a title without KD if KD cannot come back. And I don't care if they're facing the Raptors or the Bucks. The Warriors will win one without KD. Selling it once and for all that Steph Curry is, is, the, is the best player in the game after LeBron James. Now, and, and then what did KD do to get it over LeBron James? Seriously, how is KD better than LeBron? How? Did we, did, must we forget the Christmas Day matchup where the Lakers dismantled a fully healthy Warriors team before LeBron went down with his season in injury that pretty much dismantled the Lakers season? I mean, could you imagine the Lakers? If LeBron never gets injured this year and Lonzo never goes down during that same span where they lose their two best players and two most important players, could you imagine a fully healthy Lakers squad Against this Warrior squad without KD, it would be a wrap. The Lakers would be in the finals right now, and that's just that's just ifs and buts. You know what I mean? That's just if LeBron had stayed healthy. Yes, yes, guaranteed. If LeBron stayed healthy and KD went down in the playoffs, similar to what we saw this year, and it had been the a healthy Lakers squad instead of that Blazers team. In the Western Conference Finals? Are you sh are you kidding me? Yes. The Lakers would have defeated the Warriors. Because LeBron is the best player in the game. Now. I just want to say shout out to. Everybody at NBA TV. And everybody at NBA on TNT. For giving me my first shot. My first season in the books on my resume. Before we move forward on this Eastern Conference. Uh, just shout out to everybody, man. Definitely big shout out to Torrance, man. He plugged me in there. That's my mentor, man. He plugged me in. Oh, uh, man. Shout out to Dan Eisner, Dan Walker, Quan Thomas, uh, DB. You know what I mean? All the supervisors there at NBA TV. You know what I mean? Much respect goes out to them. But uh, they they gave me a shot. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm forever grateful for that. Kind of changed the course of my lifestyle and my life. So shout out to those guys. Now, on to the Eastern Conference Finals. This series is tied up 2-2. Two two. Uh, you've seen the Bucks protect their home floor, go up 2-0, just to not be able to steal one on the road and now be tied 2-2. Two two. So it's a crucial game 5 tonight, I believe. I'm going to go in online and check that really quick. I'm not even sure if there's a game tonight. But if we're going by the uh, model of one night off, there should be game 5 tonight. Let me see here. Yes, it's game five tonight, 8.30. Toronto Raptors versus Milwaukee Bucks. Oh, it looks like the NBA, all NBA teams are out now, which is cool. Um, Gotta respect that. Looks like the NBA all season teams are out, which gives, which gives, which, which makes it interesting that how in the hell Makes me confused here about the all NBA teams. Why? What's the point in having a NBA awards? You know what I mean? Show once the season is over if you're going to announce the all NBA rosters during the playoffs. So, and I'll get to that. But let's talk about this Eastern Conference Finals um, while we can. 
I mean, I'm not really impressed with either squad at this point. It seems like there's a pretty evenly matched squad. But you know what they say. The series hasn't really started yet until the away team uh, gets a win. So this series is pretty much the best out of three right now with Milwaukee being the home team. They got two home games out of the three. Um, I think the Raptors are very capable of winning it tonight, game five, and possibly winning four straight and winning game six as well. Um, I've been very skeptical of this Bucks team, even though their roster on paper is decent. I've just been skeptical of Giannis Antetokounmpo all year round, even though he's the MVP candidate. Yes, we understand. Yes, he's physically dominant. Yes, we understand. But uh, he looked a little shaky in games three and four. Kawhi was able to pretty much make him a non-factor with, with him guarding Antetokounmpo. So that's what the fans want to see. We want to see Kawhi versus Giannis head-to-head, -head, both guarding each other. And let that be the series, you know what I'm saying? Because the best, the, the best player in the series still really hasn't been defined. In games one and two, you know what I mean, Giannis, games three and four has been Kawhi. So who's really going to make their mark on the series tonight? So game five is really the start of this series. This series, ha this series hasn't really mattered too much. Um, and I know people have been putting the Bucks already in the finals against the Warriors. I'm not so sure of that. I think the Raptors definitely can make the finals with Kawhi. Um, and I'll get to whether or not they'll beat the Warriors in the form part of this uh, podcast. But that's neither here nor there. So let's get into the headlines. Like I said, the NBA all all NBA rosters are out. First team, let's go over the first team. Giannis at the forward slot. Paul George at the forward slot. Stephen Curry, James Harden, Nikola Jokic. I have no problem with that. I have no real problem with, with um, first team all NBA. Could have went to Dame, but it's kind of hard giving it to Dame after what we just saw. Uh... With uh, Steph Curry, pretty much. Also, before we we mentioned on Steph Curry again, um, he had the most points in a sweep in NBA history. The most points in a sweep in NBA history. In four games, he averaged more points than any other player in NBA history. And I, I just, I'm just so glad, you know, that KD is out right now because I think this settles it. Does it not? Does it not settle it once and for all that Steph is better than KD? Just come out and say it, media pundits. The guys who get the national TV slots, they're still afraid to just say, that. look, Steph Curry is a better player than Kevin Durant. Period. Point blank period. And not that the All-NBA first team settles it, but the most points ever in a sweep I mean, come on. You're passing guys like Shaq, Kobe. Oh, God. Katie's nowhere even near that list. My God. If you, oh, God. Steph Curry, he's just a monster. He's just a goon. You know what I mean? I just call him a goon because he just has, he's heartless out there. He, he, he is demoralizing shots. Katie doesn't hit demoralizing shots. That's one thing that Katie does not do on a consistent basis like Curry does. And I think that's the main difference of what, the eye test really passes for me is that look curry his demoralizing shots you know what i mean when you're up when you're up when you when you make it a 12 point lead and curry comes down and hits hits a demoralizing three and you're back down to nine and the warriors are right back in it again curry is hitting those type of shots curry is hitting 
and one threes type of shots. You know what I mean? Four point play type of shots. Just demoralizing player, man. He, he's a he's a devastating offensive weapon. Way more devastating than KD. Like I said last podcast, he had four hundred threes in the season. What else do you want him to do? It's only eighty two games, and he had four hundred threes. But back to the second team All NBA. Let's get into it. You got KD at the forward slot, Kawhi at the forward slot, Kyrie Irving, Damian Lillard, Joel Embiid. Again, no real problem with anything I'm seeing here. Let's see if LeBron made it. Where's the third team? Let's see, third team. Russell Westbrook, Blake Griffin, LeBron James, Rudy Gobert, and Kemba Walker. Okay, so I was proven right again. I know we discussed this on the forum maybe like three, four episodes ago. Will LeBron make an all-NBA team this year? And the answer is yes. I said he'd be third team. And just like I said, he is third team. Um, okay, let's go over. I think the... Um, NBA All-Defensive Team is out right now. Led by Giannis and um, Gobert, which is cool. I don't really care too much about it. Also, this year, as far as the rookie team, uh, the first five picks in the draft, first time in NBA history, the first five picks in the draft make up the NBA All-First Team. So I think they got it right. Uh, Let's think about All-Defensive Teams, First Team, All-NBA, All-Defense. Rudy Gobert, Paul George, Antetokounmpo, Marcus Smart, Eric Bledsoe. That's a respectable list. Second team, Drew Holiday, Klay Thompson, Embiid, Draymond Green, Kawhi Leonard. Okay, good list. I have no problems with those. I really have no uh, problems with that. Um, let's get right back into uh, some headlines. You see KD out there. You know what I mean? He's trolling the media. He's trolling uh, Chris Broussard right now, which ain't really cool. You know what I mean? KD's kind of a clown, and he knows that the Warriors are taking off without him. He's getting exposed right now on the bench. He can't do anything about it. He can't even get healthy in time. You know, his injury won't allow that. So, you know, he's got nothing better to do but then just to – Say that people are being divisive by saying that the Warriors can win without him. And he just can't face the facts. He can't face the truth right now. And, uh, yeah, just real disappointed in KD. You know what I mean? He can't even be a good sport on the bench and say nothing and just play the shadow role. And he just can't, he just can't take this L quietly at this point. So he's trolling the media right now. I'm not, I'm not impressed at all. He's trying to say that. That Chris Broussard was lying and that Chris Broussard isn't in contact with KD. I mean, if KD didn't look more like a clown and just more exposed than he did a month ago when he was just on top of the world. And, and people had the nerve to say that he was having one of the most impressive playoff performances that they had ever seen. And I had to correct that on the forum last time and just state that, look, man, it's not, I'm not that impressed with KD's playoff performance in the first round against the Clippers. I'm sorry. I don't care. I don't give a damn if he's averaging 35. He's playing with Stephen Clay and Draymond, three other All-Stars. Pretty easy to average 35 when you don't really have to worry about much. You know what I mean? You know that somebody else is going to step up for Christ's sake. 
Jesus Christ, man. Feels good to be right. Other headlines, Juwan Howard was uh, hired as the head coach of Michigan, uh, replacing uh, Jim Beeline, who is now the head coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers. So big shout out to Juwan Howard. Of course, he played there with the 5-5, five five, and he finally gets his shot at being a head coach. Uh, even though it's not an NBA, it is in college at a major time, major program. So that's a big win for him. Um, we got to talk about the draft lottery. I know the Knicks fans out there are pretty upset that the Knicks did not get the number one pick. Instead, they got the number three pick. So rejoice, you know what I mean? That'll get you either John Morant or R.J. Barrett. And also, as far as the Memphis Grizzlies getting the number two pick, I'm not sure that you just go ahead and pick John Morant over R.J. Barrett. I'll put that out there. Put that energy out there. Let's talk about it. Do you really want to take John ja Morant over the blue chip two guard RJ Barrett moving forward? I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. You know what I mean? Talking about John ja Morant. Yes, he's explosive. He's one of the most explosive guards we've seen since a Russell Westbrook or a Derrick Rose. Right? However, he played a e pretty easy collegiate schedule. I'm not going to lie. The competition he's playing against is not NBA. You know what I mean? He went to Murray State. That means he's not really playing those Big Ten schools and the big ACC. And You know what I mean? He, he went to a mid-major, basically, uh, versus, versus R.J. Barrett. You know what I mean? A guy who we've known about since, you know what I mean, his sophomore year in high school. Junior year in high school, number one player in the country for his class. Uh, or maybe second best player in his class after Zion. I mean, usually I like to go with the blue chip guys if I'm picking that early. Uh, you already got Jaron Jackson there. He made first team all rookie. Uh, he's your power forward slot. You got rid of Marcus Saul. Uh, you, you mean Conley's still there. So, I mean, it depends on what you guys want to do. You guys want to go ahead and, 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 and this is the thing. I feel like if you pick John Morant with the number two pick, you might max yourself out as far as the future is concerned with, you know what I mean, getting, you might never get another two guard like RJ Barrett again if you pick John Morant with the number two pick. But my point is you may be able to get another guard on the same level as John Morant in another draft. But Two guards are harder to find. Competent two guards that can that can transform into the James Hardens of the other league, the Devin Brookers of the league, the Kobe Bryants. You know what I mean? There aren't many two guards. Think about the two guard spot in the league. You know what I mean? We're talking about it, it's a, it's not really a solidified position like that in the league. Clay Thompson, throw Clay in there. You know what I mean? How many guards come out every year? There's a guard every year. Lonzo Ball, Trey Young, John Moran. Every year there's a point guard people are googly-eyed over. But not every year is there a two-guard that, that is, can be a consistent two-guard for your future. So Memphis Grizzlies, if I'm you guys, I'm saying screw that. I'm taking R.J. Barrett and we'll get the point guard of the future in the future. You know what I mean? Like we could get, we could, we could. I, I'd risk my life in my GM status that we'd get another point guard that can hold down the fort. You feel me? We can get another, we can get another point guard. 
but we we ain't getting another RJ. RJ Barrett ain't growing on no tree, man. Now John Morant, I, I, I mean, I give nothing but credit to him. Uh, he's done enough to be the number two pick in the draft. I'm just saying, you know what I mean? The Derrick Roses and the Russell Westbrooks. Uh, you know what I mean? Who'd you rather have? You know what I mean? Uh, James Harden or Russell Westbrook? They play two different positions. Do you want that point guard that's gonna be? It's gonna get that max contract. That's gonna, you know what I mean? Be required to make all your plays, or do you want to grab the two guard of the future, solidified, solidify that two guard spot and that power forward spot, so that when you do get that point guard of the future, now you got a big three instead of just a big two. You know what I mean? John Morant with with Jaron Jackson, that's a big two. You're not, you're. I'm telling you right now, you're not gonna find a wing like R.J. Barrett in the near future. It, it just doesn't happen. He's not. It's not gonna grow on trees. R.J. Barrett, he comes with the mindset that he's still the best player in the draft, even with Zion. Of course, Zion is the best player in the draft. He's going to New or New Orleans, and we'll get to that more in the in the form of as far as what uh, New Orleans should do. But yeah, Memphis Grizzlies, man, you guys got a, a key, a key uh, 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 selection right here for your future. And I don't think John Morant is the right pick for Memphis. I'll just come out and say it. Now, Adam Silver, I talked about this a little briefly on the last podcast. Uh, he said that the Brown leaving the East was uh, bad for NBA's ratings, and that he may uh, put the Western games a little bit earlier. Start them a little bit earlier. Um, I mean. That's not really going to help, I don't think, but it is a possible solution to his problem. Now, getting right into the forum section of this podcast, first forum topic, is KD worthy of a statue in the Bay? I mean, are we being serious here? Yes, he's a two-time finals MVP. Does that mean Iguodala gets a half? Is is Iguodala get a get a half a statue? If KD gets uh, a statue just for being a two time MVP, he was not drafted there. He's only spent what? This is his third season there. All you gotta do is play three seasons with the Warriors and get a statue. I mean, the the answer is absolutely not. I mean, I haven't been. I've been to Oracle Arena on the outside. Um. Even though Oracle Arena, this is the last year there anyway. So we're talking about the arena in uh, downtown San Francisco, the Chase Center in downtown San Francisco. We're talking about that arena. Will he get a statue there? Um, I've been on the outside of Oracle Arena in Oakland. I didn't really see any statues of Tim Hardaway or Chris Mullen there for the Warriors. So I think no. I think no. I don't know. I'm not sure which statues they have already. Whether they have one of Wilt Chamberlain or... Like, I really just don't know. Rick Barry. Who knows what statues they have already outside of Oracle. Nobody really knows. They don't do a good job of really showcasing that on the media angles. Um, But from all intents and purposes, no. Uh, he didn't... He did not start this dynasty. If anybody deserves a statue, it's Clay, it's Steph, and it's Draymond. Straight up and down. They've been here from the very start. This is their fifth straight finals. They might win one without KD, and if they win one win one without KD, I mean, doesn't it settle that debate? No, answer is absolutely not. KD is not statue worthy for any franchise right now. Maybe OKC. 
I know the stat guy, Uncle John, out there, if he's listening, he said KD should go back to OKC and win one for them. Now they got Paul George. I'm not sure you get rid of Steven Adams. That frees up $25 million. Cool. You know what I mean? Maybe KD goes back to OKC and gets his statue there. I can respect that. But, you know, I don't really see it happening. Next forum topic, we're moving right along. Are we overrating Golden, Golden State versus the East in the finals? So, many people have already stated on, on national media and in first take and undisputed and all that stuff that no matter who comes out of the East, the Bucks or Raptors, Golden State is, is taking this chip home. Now, are we overrating Golden State without KD? Uh, because the Blazers were kind of a weak Western Conference opponent. And the answer is no. We're not. I was I was the Blazer logger. Blaze, the Blazers are a tough team. As you see, they took the Nuggets to seven and won a game seven at, at Denver. One of the toughest places to play in the NBA. This Denver, uh, this Blazers team, they didn't get swept just because they wanted to. You know what I mean? They played hard. They played hard. They, I mean, game one was bad. Game one was um, a joke. But um, games two, three, and four, we saw the Blazers really come out and play really hard basketball. And I thought we it took a championship team in the Warriors to win, win games two, three, and four and complete the sweep. So I do think that no matter who comes out, of the East right now, whether it's the Bucks or the Raptors, I mean, we're talking about a potential sweep from the Warriors even without KD. Now, I'll be the first to come out and say that. The Warriors, it don't matter if they're playing the Bucks or the Raptors, they're going to sweep they're, they, or five games max. They're going to five games, whoever whoever's coming out the East, point blank period, NBA season over with, period. So, no, Golden State is not overrated without KD. What we're seeing from Steph Curry and Clay and Draymond is the real deal. This is, this is who they are. They are champions. They know how to play. Their bench knows how to play. Their bench makes the right decisions. Their bench plays hard and rebounds. You know what I mean? And, and hits timely shots. So, no, Golden State is not overrated. No. Next forum topic, we're going to do four forum topics today instead of three. Was Trey Young the right pick? You know what I mean? Uh, they had the opportunity to pretty much get Luka Doncic, uh, who's pretty much going to win Rookie of the Year over Trey. But they decided to go with Trey Young and get that extra pick from Dallas this year. Um, was he the right pick? I mean, that's really debatable. It depends on who you ask. Trey, I mean, Luka Doncic, is, it looks like he's going to be a great player. Um, Trey Young has a little bit higher upside, I will say that, than Luka Doncic. You know what I mean? Uh, Trey Young has the ability to give you 40, you know what I mean? More likely than Luka Doncic will give you 40. So, Trey Young's ceiling is actually higher than Luka's. Even after Luka having a better rookie season, he was just more NBA ready. So, Trey Young has a higher ceiling. I'll give him that. So, in that regard, yes, they made the right pick. You know what I mean? I think. As far as the Atlanta market, you know what I mean, and who they wanted to get, you know what I mean, Luka Doncic, even if he's good, it doesn't really excite the fans. It doesn't put the fans in the seats. I mean, this is a business at the end of the day. 
Trey Young, he had a better, he had a higher, he had a higher profile coming out in the draft. And Trey Young is a guy that the Atlanta fan base is excited about. And I think that they made the right pick in that regard. They also got an extra pick from Dallas this year. So who knows who they could turn that into. Maybe a productive player. I don't know. Lord knows. But I, I don't blame the Hawks at all for making that pick. Um, I think it was the right pick overall. Not to say that Trey Young is better than Luka right now because he's not. But I just think it was the right pick for that franchise. And they needed somebody. They needed scoring. They needed a ball-dominant player. They needed shooting. And they needed a, 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 a guy that the fans would be excited about. And I think Luka Doncic, even though he, he won rookie of the year, would have been a letdown on draft night and NBA in preseason buildup to the, towards the season had the Hawks not uh, selected Trey Young. You know what I mean? Trey Young is a building block and uh, a ticket seller more than Luka Doncic in the Atlanta market. Now, Luka Doncic went to the perfect market. Dallas, you know what I mean? He's going to sell tickets to Dallas straight up. So I think both teams got away with the guy that they wanted. And I think both both teams made the right move. Last forum topic of the day. I'm going to end this podcast soon. What should New Orleans do with AD and the number one pick? Now, everybody's assuming that they're going to trade AD and all that. You know what I mean? AD's still going to the Knicks. And you know what I mean? The Pelicans might end up with the number one, number three picks. And uh, I don't really advise that. I don't really advise trading AD at all. I think um, the best thing for David Griffin, new GM of the Pelicans, to do is uh, you roll the ball out there. You, you pick Zion with the number one pick. You don't trade AD in the offseason. So when you, when you suit up first game of the season, if AD, I mean, AD could threaten not to play. That's the only downside you have about taking the risk of rolling the ball out there. Is that KD, I mean, AD uh, really would say, I'm just not going to play. Which the NBA commissioner has to really step in this next collective bargaining agreement and come in and stop. I don't really like guys saying that they're not going to play with these fake injuries. And they're saying that they're not going to, they, they threaten not to just suit up. Even though they're under contract getting paid millions of dollars. There should be a rule that states, look, 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 man. If you're healthy, if, if the... If we physically deem you healthy and you and you don't want to play and you, you threaten not to play and try to hold us hostage to trade you, we can withhold your, your game checks. I mean, I know NBA salary is all guaranteed, but there should be some type of fine. I don't know. But, yeah, I think David Griffin should take that risk. I think it's wrong to just put the, the franchise in Zion's hands and say we're going to rebuild. That's just stupid. You know what I mean? Not when you got a franchise player already in AD and a franchise player coming in in Zion. Why not roll the ball out there for two, three months before the NBA trade deadline and see what that would look like? Because I know the fans, all NBA fans want to see what that looks like. Not just Pelicans fans. You know what I'm saying? Zion is going to fill the seats on a different level than what we're used to seeing in New Orleans if they keep AD. So if AD is there and Zion is there, game one of game 82 of, of 82, and he they roll it out, season opener, it's, we're talking about max crowd. We're talking about every seat in the house sold out 
in New Orleans, which isn't really a big market. A great city, not really a big market. You know what I'm saying? But I think AD will be pretty much throwing away a career opportunity at this point. While he still gets to be the guy pretty much on his own team. He still gets to be the, the face of the franchise pretty much with Zion. He kind of has to share it. But he doesn't really have the stigma of leaving and trying to go win a ring with somebody else. You don't really, at this point, if you have AD and Zion and you let that ferment for like two, three years in the West, you know what I mean? You're, you're ta- we're talking about deep, we're talking about deep playoff runs, I think, depending on what you do with the rest of the roster. You feel what I'm saying? You gotta, you gotta see what you can do. You know what I mean? And honestly, only, only, there's no way I'm trading AD just yet. You know what I mean? We gotta see what that AD and, and Zion looks like, just for the sake of the NBA fans, just for the, the basketball gods out there that gave the Pelicans the number one pick. I mean, this is a match made in heaven uh, for AD, and he'd be stupid to uh, think that he was gonna go chase one with LeBron and the Lakers. Now that the the Pelicans have a number one pick, yes, it makes it easier to move on from AD if you get Zion. Sure, but that doesn't mean you get rid of AD just because you have Zion. I I think you just roll it out there. And if AD is is still threatening to leave even after having a great season with Zion there and doing all these great plays that are in the future that haven't happened yet and all the alley-oop dunks and spectacular blocks and... Just all the stuff that we can see from that tandem. If he's still ready to go after all of that, uh, didn't you trade him at the trade deadline? See what you can get. But um, I'm not trading AD yet. You know what I mean? Let's roll the ball out there and let the chips fall where they may. That's been it for today's podcast, NBA League Pass podcast, only on the War Report radio series. I'm your gracious host, Jared Adams, man. Thank you guys for tuning in, logging on, man. Thank you. Uh, make sure you guys uh, subscribe on iTunes, give me a five-star review. Make sure you guys follow me on Twitter, Warport Radio, straight through. And make sure you guys follow me on Instagram, war underscore report underscore radio, man. Holla, man. Peace.